Hi, Stella. Hi. Hi, Ben. How are you doing? I'm good. Pretty good, yes. <laughs> um, thank you for doing this and being on the podcast. We, we spoke briefly uh, before the podcast, kind of just to go over who we are, because we don't know each other. I've never met you in real yeah. life. I've only corresponded with you on Instagram for a yeah. year-ish. <laughs> We've had a lot of, you know, dates to do this and then cancellations for what, uh, what doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. But we're here but now. No one gave up. No one gave up. That's no, we did not give up. <laughs> Thank you for doing this. And um, maybe tell the listeners who you are, where you're from, and what you do. Okay. Um, so... My name is Stella, Stella Gott, that's the stage name. I'm a musician and I'm a sound engineer um, and music producer. And I live in, I lived in Tel Aviv, <laughs> Israel, until a few months ago. And now I live near Tel Aviv, which for outsider, it doesn't really matter. But uh, it's like living outside of New York. Yeah. Um, but close. <laughs> um, and I still, I still work and Tel Aviv and I rehearse and play and um, uh, and most of my work is there but I have my my home studio now here so I do stuff that I don't need people I need to do here which mm -hmm. is actually really really nice mm -hmm. <laughs> and when did you get started with with production or music like how old were you when did that first start for you um I I came from uh, uh like a singer-songwriter. I, I was always writing music and composing. And uh, and then I think at my at the beginning of the 20s, I started to... I just wanted to, to have the option to record at home and do like experiments and stuff that I have, you know, in my head. I didn't know that it's called production. I didn't know nothing, but I just, you know, I wanted to try things. And, um, and I bought myself a little... Uh, a little uh, sound card, like audio device and microphone and everything. And it was, I remember that we don't, we didn't have then, uh, we didn't have YouTube then, or it was not like, maybe it was existed, but it didn't have all the tutorials and everything. Mm -hmm. So I remember just like going deep into the manuals of, uh, of the Cubase and the plugins. Um, and it was all, I just did stuff at home. And as I experienced more and more, um, like as I had few experiences in recording studios, I just, I, I suddenly realized that, oh, this world, this exists. Like there are people who are, who understands sound and understands music in a way that I can't even like imagine. And I really wanted to. So I just realized that that's what I want to do. And, and I started to, um, it's, it started when I went to a recording studio, like a small recording studio, and I just came to to ask for just, I want to be here, ask questions, and, you know, just let me, you know, to be an intern. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and it rolled from there. And I all the time I did music, and I, I did music with people and with myself. And kind of on the side, I started to, to, to take this sound... Uh, subject more and more seriously and as I went deeper and deeper to it it got it got bigger like the passion got bigger because you know you go into this world and you you realize that it's even bigger than you could imagine um so I just started working 
uh, in studios and uh, and again with people being more involved in the production side um, also with, with music that is not mine like with different artists um, and did you have yeah. any traditional training did you go to school for anything I did few courses um, like uh, I re- when I after I already worked in a studio as an assistant engineer, so I realized that I have a lot of like uh, missing, you know, a lot of uh, question marks, like and missing points. So I went to like a more uh, theoretical courses, just sound, you know, and um, um, and I and then I did yeah, I, and I did like um, uh, I think it's called. It was called music technology. It's not a degree. It's like a diploma. Mm-hmm. Um, C- certification? Yeah, certification. It was it was a few years back and it was the only place in Israel. Like it was, not, now we have few things like this, but then it was the only place to learn it. And it wasn't exactly sound. It was more like, it was electroacoustic music mm-hmm. called something like this. And it was more, more experimental, more into like um, technology, uh, sensors, Arduino, um, like modern experimental music. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't exactly sound, but it was actually, I loved it because it completed, it it opened another door for me that was completely closed. So uh, kind of combined all the things that I had and gave me uh a whole new perspective on things. Mm-hmm. Um, and while you were doing that, you were still playing music and writing songs. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's it's uh, every time it's uh, you, the focus is on something else because you can't do it all all the time. Yeah, but, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And did you um did you find as you started to learn more about audio sound production? Did you find it a uh, helpful to your music writing or, or creating songs or did you find them to kind of always be separate worlds? Very helpful. Yes. Very helpful. Um, because yeah, I, th- I think it helps me to, it's, it doesn't necessarily helps in the writing process, but but it helps in making the song. Like in, it does. Eventually, the whole process is one big process that connects to, to each other. Like the writing and then pre-production, production, and everything. And even even my knowledge in mixing, I I feel like at the end, even con- communicating with the mixing engineer in a way that, like, I have the option to communicate with him on a, a more like a technical level yeah. i have the option to communicate on a more you know um abstract level so and i and i with time i feel i can choose when i when i you know when to use what mm-hmm. um, but i do have these like uh, tools that i can use yeah and you take it out when you need it absolutely it, it's it's a kind of a um it's hard to explain to those who don't go into production, they stay in one or the other, or even engineers, which is uncommon. I'm not sure if you've experienced this, that engineers who aren't musicians, they don't have experience with music, 
which is a very yeah. strange thing to me because being able to relate to a musician um, on technical things when they have questions like, oh, I don't even know how I want to say this, but you can get there because you know what they're talking about because you w- have yeah. written and composed music. Or even such uh, the uh, emotional things, knowing what it's like to sit there and write a song. Uh, you know, late at night in your room, and then you finally have the the guts to go out there and record it. To have an engineer that can relate to what that feeling is and have patience with you, tell you it's okay, calm you down, because a lot of musicians go through a very emotional roller coaster when recording. Um, yeah, they're putting their heart out there and lyrics and things that were very important to them, sad things maybe. So you almost become like a a, a therapist, you know, like a mu- musical. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> You know, what has that been like for you? Do you find yourself really getting into depth with the the clients you have and and fellow musicians having both experiences now, knowing the whole spectrum from A to B to Z across everything? I do feel that um, because I I know both sides, so I do feel that um, it really affects how I like how I am in the studio with clients. I feel like um, it's from, it's like it could be little things like, uh, I don't know, like even looking at your phone. Like I will never look at my phone while someone is recording or if it's small things, but eventually to make sure like I want to know when I'm recording as an artist, I want to know that at this moment right now, I'm the only thing that is important, you know, like, mm-hmm. You cannot be bothered by anything else because we're doing my holy music. I was, re- you know, I wrote it, like you said, I was, I wrote it so many years and I invested so much in it and I came here and I spent my money and my time and now I, th- I feel like you're thinking about something else. Yeah. yeah. State of minded and on the opposite side, I feel, um, and I always had this since I was, you know, assistant engineer. When I'm with people in the studio, it's like, I feel this uh, kind of, it is holy. It is, this is the most important thing right now in the world. It's like minimum hospital surgery. (laughs) (laughs) This is the only thing that is important and all the focus is right here, right now. And it, it's not, it doesn't mean that it's all like stressed, the opposite. It could be super loose and everything, but we're here right now doing a very important thing. Um, and I feel that knowing the other side is definitely giving me, I always have, um, I always not think about it, but I have it in mind somehow. Yeah. Um, yeah. And also, um, I always, you know, sometimes there are people come and, and record and they don't have a producers, like all kinds of um, situations where, um I feel sometimes I feel that I maybe people want me to say something to say my like I find uh, they want me to say something about anything like it could be about the vo- about the the recording but it could be also about the production or even the writing so it's very delicate like you don't want to you don't want to intervene when when you don't feel like you have a place, but um, mm-hmm. but I I try to feel the people who I work with and see when are when they're ready or when they want my opinion, just as an engineer, you know, mm-hmm. or 
yeah, because when you're a producer, it's a whole different thing. You're supposed to say, like, you can say anything and you are involved in this. Yeah. Yeah. With, with that being said, do you find yourself taking producer roles? Do you do that? Do you come up with combining the technical and creative elements to give advice or opinions to bands you work with? Do you ever just take on that role and you don't do mixing or engineering? You just are talking about ideas and helping them come up with concepts? Um, I do it less. Uh, less often like more I, I i love the technical side very much so i always prefer i always will prefer to to do the whole thing from recording to mixing um producing or not but like to be in the whole process i will always prefer it um and sometimes again sometimes um i'm just a recording engineer and then the question is how people want me to be involved, like mm -hmm. at this session. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, some sessions you can just tell they just want you to capture their sound, and like that's it. And sometimes you yeah. can tell when they're leaning over you, asking you, "So, what do you think here? What do you, what do, you, do you have any ideas about this?" And, and then you start to, once they open up that door, you start ringing like, "Actually, I, I was thinking maybe you should try this and yeah. pan that here and drop it out, and we could filter it out during the bridge and maybe have a bunch of harmonies." And then they're like, oh, wow, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you ever do this? It's a fun trick I like to do where you come up with an idea while you're listening to something and you don't tell the band and you do it. And then you go, hear me out. Just let me know what you think of this. And you do, nine, nine times out of ten, it works because <laughs> you like blow their mind because they were never thinking of doing this one thing in that place. Um, do you ever do that? Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I had a few, a few memories of exactly moments like this where it was either, wow, amazing, either, um, no, 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 just undo. <laughs> just, yeah, and you go, it's okay, I just command Z, command Z like 50 times yeah. what I just did for the last 30 minutes while you were tracking and I was just daydreaming about ideas, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, but that's that's the art of it. Um, that It's a very technical endeavor a very technical job or hobby for some people but it comes with so much creativity you're using technology to cultivate and shape and capture you know the acoustics of the world it's a very beautiful art form that you know we're very fortunate to have the last 100 120 years it was not around for long and i yeah. some, sometimes i think about that like we only were just listening to music as it happened and then the moment's gone you know, it's the same thing with video, same thing with photography. It's so beautiful. We can capture things now. Even this. Like, there's yeah. there's no world where I'm able to talk to someone thousands and thousands of miles away in real time with high-quality audio and video. Um, yeah. It's very crazy. <laughs> um, what studio do you work at? Do you, I'm assuming you do stuff at your house. Like you said, you have a studio there, but then you probably work at different studios. Yeah, I have uh, my main place is a uh, is a place um, I opened together with uh, uh, there is a Israeli musician called Asaf Amdulski, and he's uh, um, he opened up a, he was planning to open up a studio and and uh, we met and he decided that I'm gonna be his uh, like main like house engineer. Um, so we built it five years ago already. Yeah, five years ago. Um, and this is my like it, it at the beginning it was more his place 
and all the productions and everything that we did there was related to him and his um, projects. Mm-hmm. Um, but slowly we opened it up for, like it is a public studio, so um, I get to record all kinds of things there. And, and I love to work there because I know it. I know the studio for four years and, you know, and I built it, so... I love it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And did you have the role of like kind of picking out gear, coming up with? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What What are some of your go to microphones, and why? We don't have a lot, which is kind of sometimes it annoys me that there are not <laughs> a lot of microphones. I would want to choose from many, um, and we are growing all the time. But um, but it's also interesting because this, like any limitations. It's it could be good. Yeah. Um, it teaches you, you know, to 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 be precise and uh, um, there is a Sony C thirty eight B or the opposite C thirty eight B thirty eight C a vintage microphone that I just love. It's amazing, amazing on vocals and on percussion and the room mic is just uh, mm-hmm. at the moment my favorite <laughs> sometimes there's that one microphone that can kind of do everything you know yep yeah and it's usually it's usually some type of unique large diaphragm condensed yeah. mic you know like the classic AKG 414 you know it's kind of like yeah. kind of can do anything with it you know yeah. I've seen it on toms I've seen it on snare I've seen it on bass guitar vocals trumpet everything yeah yeah and you right now you're using the Sennheiser 441, which I don't have one, but I've always wanted one. <laughs> one of my favorites. I love it. It's really the only one I have right right now in the, my studio. So, uh, so it's like fancy for now. Yeah, it's very shiny. <laughs> <For a podcast. laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, not your normal podcast microphone. I have the traditional <laughs> podcast microphone here. Great uh, microphone. Yes, yes. Well, rising, rising be- one before the last five years of podcast getting so big and everyone associating this with like the podcast microphone. I only ever knew it as the, the Michael Jackson thriller microphone. Like I never thought of it. That's what, this is what he sang on the SM seven. Really? Yeah. And I never thought of it as like a podcast broadcasting microphone, but now it's so famous for podcasting, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, would no, you like, amazing. yeah, yeah, no, it's yeah. a great for its price. It's a phenomenal microphone. It's kind of, yeah unreal how nice dynamic microphones have gotten you could fool people thinking that they're singing or talking into a condenser microphone um which i don't understand how they've gotten that good but it's i'm I'm grateful for it (laughs) um have you ever done production work with audio outside of tel aviv or outside of israel um i did a music for for a film for an art film in italy um but it was yeah it was just like me and another musician sitting with a one synthesizer and one slide guitar mm-hmm. and, uh, and a few microphones um i did recently a few productions from israel to someone in in the uk mm. um was interesting it was like during the corona time it was just the beginning and uh and uh and everything was you know on zoom and uh it was very nice experience i mean it felt like 
at the beginning it was weird to you know you're producing something to someone that you never met mm-hmm. um but then you know a few skype a few zoom conversations and then it's, it's not a, it's not that big of an issue yeah. uh, depending on the production but uh but in this case it was it was actually pretty cool yeah mm. and so have you so you haven't left tel aviv besides those two things to do the to do production not yeah not serious like yeah only my stuff a little bit in new york but that's it yeah mm, okay yeah, so, yeah. so you've been to the I, us i've been for one year and a bit and uh yeah that's it oh cool that's awesome yeah new york's great i love new york i've been there a few times i try to do more production work there. there's a lot of bands and musicians but it's an overwhelming city <laughs> hmm. yeah. have you ever been to chicago nope mm, great city nope. for music it's amazing for music i would argue maybe the best one in the wow. in the world i'm just gonna go wow. out there and say it <laughs> it's a bold statement i i have i can defend it though i promise it's los angeles is where people go that want to be famous and to be rich and to make it it's a little superficial no it's very superficial i could say these things new york is almost it's very close to that but it's mostly transplants of people from around the world. So you get a lot of culture and art, but you don't get a foundation that could stay a long time to build a support system in their DIY community because mm. you get a lot of transplants. You don't get people that are going to be there and stay there. You get people that are trying to make it in that world, which yeah. is the New York world, yeah. the LA New York world. Chicago's like this weird spot in the middle where you don't go to Chicago to make it. You're not going there for the movies. You're not going there to be a, a high fashion model like New York or do high art. Um, you're not going there to like be a famous singer-songwriter. You're going there to play music. And with the layout of the city, not having like desert or mountains, no uh, objects in the way, it's easy for musicians to travel as a great public transportation wow. system. So as a young college student, it's very easy to navigate. And it's more affordable because it doesn't have the prestige of New York and Los Angeles. And then you couple that with all the universities and art schools. It's very it's very much known for universities and art schools. You get this huge wave of new minds every year, 18, 19-year-old freshmen coming in from around the world. Because it's you know internationally attractive for academia. So you put that all together with, again, the layout of the neighborhoods, how affordable they are. The streets are very easy to navigate. New York's very hard to navigate. It's hard to get around. You can't just hop from neighborhood to neighborhood without biking. But if it's the winter, what do you do? In Chicago, it's very easy to navigate. Um, yeah, and it just oh, doesn't have that a superficial feel to it. So, And then mm-hmm. it has a wide variety of the classic jazz and blues that's known for. But then it has country and folk and house music, hip-hop, jazz, indie rock, R&B, electronica, art rock you scenes. You want to go there like now. <laughs> you, you would like it a lot. You should come here. If you ever came here, I could definitely recommend a pl- t- plenty of places to go see shows, music, even studios. I could tell you to go to. Like I have a lot of friends who have studios in Chicago. It's it's a really sweet city for that. Um, is it? Do you have like one center of everything is happening in the center, or like few centers? Where- it's few centers, but they're super easy to get to and navigate. Like if you were in a car on a Saturday, you can hop around to different neighborhoods so easily without dealing with too much traffic. Especially if you know which roads to take, or you can hop on the train. The trains take you everywhere. Um, lots of museums, lots of, there's like maybe five major neighborhood hubs of tons of venues. Like in Wicker Park, there's like three or four venues all right next to each other. Um, 
Yeah, it's a great city for music and art, and it's what brings a lot of people here, and it's what keeps them here. It's what keeps me here. Why I've never wanted to leave, you know, and keep growing what I do yeah. in my fest is because I've seen this. And how I know all this information is after 12 years of having bands come in and speaking with them as you work with them, but also doing a podcast and talking with them, you learn all this information. Like, this isn't stuff I've made up. This is stuff I've been receiving and making sense of in mm-hmm. my head. Like, why has the city thrived so well? Why have, I, why have I been able to have constant work and bands to work with? Like, no matter wow. what, all year round, over and over again. So, yeah, it's a great city for that. And I don't know what, where, like, where you live, what the music and art scene is like. I know nothing about it. Um, I, I just have another question. It's oh, really yeah. interesting. Who is, like, do you... You talk about all the musicians and everything, but um, I'm interested in who is the uh, consumer of, like, who do people go and fill all these venues and shows every night? And uh, Yeah, that's a great question. These new bands and- it's, uh, it's all over the place. You know, there's, I've played shows some nights where it's a Tuesday night and it just so happens to be really hot out and, you know, five people come to the show. Because it just it's just that way. But there's so many venues and there's so many bodies. There's so many people, again, who are here in these art communities, come here for school, uh, for job opportunities, uh, not just education, but even working at university. So it brings in a lot of creative mind uh, minded people everywhere. And the venues I've been to shows, these small venues that fill up. I used to have shows here at my house. They would fill up. Um, the festivals, there's festivals everywhere, street fairs and festivals. A lot of breweries and beer companies put on festivals. Um, we have La Palooza, which is huge. Pitchfork, which is big. Uh, Riot Fest, which is big. Um, hopefully, DZ Fest in the city, which I hope to be big. And a lot of other ones, to be honest. And jazz culture is very beautiful here. Uh, the hip-hop and house music community and rap community is massive here. Um you know, like famous people, obviously, like Kanye West, Chance the Rapper, Common, Lupe Fiasco, um, bring a lot of hip-hop culture here and support it, too. And it's really cool to see. And after doing this for so long, I'm sure you've had a similar experience. You start off in very few genres when you're young doing audio production or playing in bands. You stay in your circle. And it's just natural. It's not that you're not into other music. It's just you're ignorant to other things. And then the more bands come in, before you know it, you start liking music you never thought you'd ever listen to. You're like, you know, I never thought I'd listen to, like, folk bluegrass music. But now after hearing it and seeing the skill and the talent that these fiddle players and these guitar players and steel lap guitar and upright bass players, they're, like, the best musicians I've ever heard. They've been playing since they were three years old. They make, you know, indie rock artists look like, you know, ter- terrible. <laughs> like a lot of yeah. indie rock, pop, and punk mus- musicians have their own way of playing. They're not traditionally trained. They didn't take guitar <laughs> lessons. They didn't take music theory. Um, they don't speak in that terminology. They just play off raw motion, which is a whole nother beautiful art form. And I'm not knocking either of them. It's just, that's just the way it is. <laughs> and yeah. I'm a part of both. I, I like to play very, you know, untraditional ways. I've never had a guitar lesson a day in my life. But I studied music theory. So I was mm-hmm. able to take playing music and make sense of it. The circle of fifths, key signatures, time signatures, what these things mean, what these numbers represent. And then once you learn a lot about audio theory and production, now you can make sense of these numbers in a mathematical way in physics, which gets really cool. 
and nerdy, but a yeah, whole different another like dimension of all these. Yeah, yeah. When when you hit a harmonic on a guitar, like understanding what's going on there now is very strange. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's it's really great. So, what is the music scene like where you're from? You describe it and talk about it. It's first of all, um, first of all, there are a lot, a lot of very, very, very talented people. Like, um, I that's what I, I feel it through all my life that I see around me in all kinds of genres, also, you know, in jazz and classical music and indie. Um, so there is this, like, a lot of again, like art and um, creative minds. Um, but the thing is that it meets, um, first of all, it's it's a small place. So there is Israel and there is Tel Aviv. And there is like Jerusalem. <laughs> and it's so tiny. Um, and, you know, the amount of people, like the consumers, <laughs> the all the people that, you know, that complete this uh, whole circle of music, um, it's a bit problematic because um, because of the numbers. And also, um, I feel like it's 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 again it's related because um, you know there is always things that drive those like industries, right? So there is not a lot of money in this industry because. Maybe because the number, maybe, you know, I, I'm not getting into money thing, but I feel like it's also very, um, it affects the whole thing because uh, it makes, um, there are not a lot of venues for music. There are not a lot of supporting systems and stuff for music. It's not like, it's it's kind of like, not important for anyone. <laughs> That's the feeling, you know? Mm -hmm. And we are still so many people doing it. So it's a weird contrast that I think everyone feel it. And, um, but still do it no matter what. Um, so it, sometimes it, it really creates interesting things because people are kind of doing, uh, doing it. I won't say without any, like, any um it's not a goal but you know you're not you're not sure that someone's one will want to hear whatever what you do or even you, you're gonna have find a stage for it um but again there's a lot of going on and it's really really interesting and you can of course you like especially tel aviv it's you will always find a good show i think like almost every week mm -hmm. um and also there is the electronic scene, which is, I think it's more, this is like the forte of, uh, of this place. There's a lot of um, amazing electronic uh, producers and DJs and um, it's here. No, no it's not here. Um, <laughs> and some amazing clubs and uh and a lot of collaborations also I think in the, in the electronic scene, a lot of collaborations between like, uh, again, people, uh, producers from outside of Israel and uh, DJs. Um, so it's a really interesting place. 
in this sense, um, all genres. Um, <laughs> but it's uh, again, but it's a, uh, but it's a complicated place. <laughs> yeah. Do you are you ref- when you say complicated? I hope this doesn't sound like I'm overstepping, overthinking this. When you say complicated, do you mean like because of its location, the history, the type of people? Do you mean complicated in that way? I think everything, like you cannot disconnect. Like, yeah, it's, it's everything is, uh, you know, every place has its its uh, complexity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah every, every place has its complexity. So I think it's really like you can really feel the complexity here because it's always the reality reminds you that <laughs> yeah. this is complicated. It, it, <laughs> it might be one of the most complicated places in the world. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> I mean, it's maybe. a it's so, a topic of discussion in America all the time, and we don't even yeah. live there. So, yeah, yeah. So I think it does. Again, of course, it affects everything. Of course, it affects music. Of course, it affects. Um, um, but also in a good way. Like I think another thing that I always also think um, is about the roots. Like uh, every time when I, just today, I listened to uh, PJ Harvey released a demo of uh, the demos of Let England Shake. And um, and you can hear there, like you can also hear it in the original, in the album, but in the demos, you can really hear it clearly that she recorded her demos on top of loops of like old blues songs. Um, and it always makes me think like, ah, I, you know, I grew up on American music. My father and mother, they listened to either Russian. I I was born in uh, Ukraine. Oh, really? They listened. Yeah. Um, either to music from Russia, from the USSR, either to jazz and Michael Jackson and like a lot of music from America. And then we came here to Israel and then suddenly I like you understand that there is like a lot of Israeli music, which is pretty new. <laughs> you know, this state is is here for not very many years. And you kind of start looking for the roots because you want that's what's you know, you want to drink for the from the well. And you come to a very, <laughs> very short uh, period of time. And and then it goes to, you know, and then the roots are Russia and like Jews from all over the world or mm-hmm. or if you're Arab. So so it's also it's interesting because you're looking for inspirations from your own place and then you like, ah, wait, what is my what are my my roots? Yeah. Is it where I live? Is it where I come from? Is it where my grandmother? But the Israeli kind of heritage. I think it's very, very new. It's mm. just very, very new. And it's, um, yeah, it is, it is, it's, it is interesting to like, to see when you're looking at, uh, again, at American heritage or you can, you have so much to take from. And sometimes I'm very de- jealous, you know? <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. Yes. Definitely. Definitely. Because what again, I cannot. Oh, sorry. That. That um, that I don't have this huge long heritage of 
amazing uh, music, you know? <laughs> yeah. But like, and I do have it because it's open to everyone, but it's not, I know it from listening to it. It's not my, it's mm-hmm. not mine. It's not yeah. my culture. It's not, I don't understand everything. So, right. so we're kind of in the beginning of building Israeli music. It's really, I feel like it's, it's still the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's so fascinating. And I never really thought about that. <laughs> it's it, it's always something where you can you can't really see it when it's underneath you. Like being an American, born and raised in Chicago, my parents were too, and you. I just don't. It's weird. Like America, you start to get tired of it. You get tired of everyone always like putting it up on a pedestal and praising it. When you hear when you're here and you see the problems that we have here, it, you almost feel guilty. Like. The world loves this country, and any immigrant I meet that comes here, almost all of them praise it. They're like, "We came here because this is the best country in the world." And and then you like go down the street and you see like the problems with systemic racism, and all the issues with a history of violence against uh, Native Americans and people of color, and you're just like, "How could this country be so great if they treat people like this?" And the food and the art and the music and the culture and the fashion these people brought to us that everybody now is a part of and yet they're still oppressed and and there's a lot of deep old rooted issues for hundreds of years so when you when i hear when i see other countries that have like i know israel as a country has had many ups and downs and changes but like that land it's ancient like it's truly ancient like the people some people have been there for thousands of years, like like some of the beginning of modern civilization in that region. Yeah. So when you're in America, you're like, ah, oh, Chicago's been here for like 200 years. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> you start to be like, I wish I was in a place that had an older culture, you know, but, wow. <laughs> but then you realize old cultures just come with a lot more older problems, a lot more yeah. war and controversy for just longer durations of time. That's it. Yeah. You know, and you said you were from Ukraine. From Ukraine, yeah. What brought your parents to Tel Aviv? Um, it was uh, just, uh, I mean, they were Jewish Jews, and um, and the life there was not uh, not good. Yeah. <laughs> and so they, you know, at, at the at the moment where when they realized that they can they can go out, so they uh, they they we had like a family that one part went to went to the USA and uh, one we came we came here um, mm-hmm. which would, do you wish you were the part that went to the USA um, <laughs> no no I, I, actually, I, <laughs> I visited there a few times and I have like I have relatives and I love you know there the US is a huge place so mm-hmm. it's um, but, um, oh, I'm, I'm happy where, where everything ended up. Yeah. Yeah. I had to ask. <laughs> um, yeah. So when did you start when you were a younger girl? Well, when, how about this? When did you come to Israel from Ukraine? Um, I was three year, years, three years old and, oh, okay. uh, yeah, we came to like a little tiny place in the north, and I moved to Tel Aviv when I was uh, eighteen. Like the moment I could leave this, mm-hmm. sorry, shit hole. 
I just went to Tel Aviv. <laughs> and um, if you don't mind me asking, how old are you right now? Uh, 33. 33. Okay. I'm 32. So we're about the same age. Um, okay. So about 15 years you, you left. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. when you were younger, did you have like uh, an attraction towards audio or production or sound, speakers, things like that? Or was it something that just kind of happened later in life? Nothing. I Nothing. never had. Yeah. I, yeah, I didn't have, no, <laughs> I did. I always, I, I was always um, like, I loved computers. Mm. I do. I did. I remember like really, really interested in computers and reading books about how it worked and everything. Uh, and I did have like, I did mixtapes and stuff, but it was not, I don't remember myself like fascinated about things like this. I, yeah, it was like more, um, more, more into uh, writing songs and, and writing generally. I was writing a lot and uh, recording myself a little bit. But, mm -hmm. but my father, my father had um, a big passion for audio, even though he's not a musician and uh mm. Um, but he always, it was really important for him to have like good speakers in the living room and he had CDs and video, like it was a thing. It was like a holy thing. Um, and he took me to a lot of um, like jazz shows and I think he tried to make sure that I, that I have good, like good um, taste. Good, good music. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. <laughs> Musical diet. A good yeah. musical diet. I never heard that before. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> but yeah, in school I didn't have like uh, we we only have you know music. We I was in a band and we were we learned theory, harmony, and everything. And uh, and now I I teach in a place like it's kind of a high school, but it's like a professional high school, like the only learn profession. So I teach sound, and I I think to myself. God, these, they are 16, 17 years old and they are learning sound. They're learning production. They work in a recording studio. Of course, they take it for granted. And it's just, it's amazing for me um, just like to see that it's now it's so much closer to, you know, there there is much more, there are much more options if someone is a little bit interested in this. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. It's it's amazing. The uh, my high school I graduated from. I recently went back there to guest speak um, for this award I received, and I was speaking to different classes in this video production class, a film studies class, a theater class, and they're going to try to have an audio course there. They want me to help with that, but they want to have like audio classes, and they have video production, they have black and white photography, they have all these things I never had when I went there just fourteen years ago. And I'm, I was kind of jealous. I'm just sitting like, I would have loved this. Like, this is what I needed. I didn't care about chemistry. I mean, I do, but not really. Like, it's fascinating, but it's not my passion, you know? I know it's necessary, but it's not my passion. I didn't care about, you know, a lot of these classes. I wanted to do creative stuff. And so I'm really grateful mm -hmm. that students have it, but part of me gets a little jealous. And But, you know, I'm glad yeah, that... I always... What were you saying? Sorry. No, go ahead. No, I always think to myself that, like, if I would had it in the, in this in the you know when I was younger, I could be so much better right now. Like I always uh -huh. have this thought that people they start early, but uh, 
but it turned out the way it did, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You are who you are because of this. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) And as, as I think we both know, just because a a kid has access to it at a certain age doesn't always mean it's going to mean a lot to them. When it comes to certain creative endeavors, I think it might take some life experience or some struggles, you know, microphones are not cheap. Speakers are not cheap. So when you are 18, 19, 20, maybe working or going to school and you're researching on YouTube and Google what to buy and why, and you save up, you know, the $900 for that 441, it means a lot more than if you were just using it willy-nilly in a classroom that the school paid for. And it doesn't really, you have no idea the significance of these microphones and the preamps and the speakers and the cables, how expensive and time-consuming it is to acquire all these things. So it sometimes almost seems like a more mature endeavor because of the amount of knowledge, skill, and financial circumstances you have to kind of be in to have this equipment. It's not cheap, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think a great place for kids to start is that obsession with like a sound system, like have mom and dad just have a cool sound system in the living room, you know, like classic big speakers, 15 inch subwoofers, six disc CD changers, no Bluetooth, no Bluetooth. How how do you feel about Bluetooth? I can't stand Bluetooth, but I know, I've learned too, I've learned too much. That's why. I yeah, I don't use it. I mean, I always I don't I just don't use it. Yes. All right. No no reason. You know why you don't use it. It sounds bad. It no, sounds I mean, yeah, there's yeah, there's no reason to use it. All right. Well, we we just became much better friends. I'm glad. <laughs> It's hard to explain to people. I'm like, I don't want to get into the technical details. You might not even care, but you don't need to use it. Bluetooth has become a very popular thing. And I don't know why. It really destroys the audio quality. You know, audio quality is already okay through streaming services. And then you do that. Ah, I don't know. Yeah, I just had a friend who is not a musician, but he was like really interested in like uh, uh, choosing the streaming services that he's going to use. So he checked everything and he told me like, yeah, so I decided on to go on uh, iTunes, like Apple. Um, yeah, they have this high resolution and that, and he spoke to me about it. And I'm like, great. And which speakers do you use? <laughs> and like, uh, Bluetooth, yeah. Bluetooth headphones. Oh, so this conversation is just not, <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny that you had that conversation. I just had one with my friend yesterday and he's texting me and he's like, Hey, should I get title? Should I get title premium or title masters? And I'm like, <laughs> well, y- yes, depending on what you're doing. And he's like, well, I'm listening like off my phone, Bluetooth to my receiver <laughs> to like old Sony speakers that are like, you know, an eight inch speaker. And I'm like, I mean, if you plugged your phone directly in and use, you know, title premium, You'd probably notice a difference, but until you have a full range sound system, maybe with a better preamp and power amp, you might not fully notice it, but definitely bypassing Bluetooth is a start. Like you will notice that on pretty much any sound system is bypassing Bluetooth, just in the dynamic range of the frequency response alone and the amplitude change. It gets a lot louder, a lot more clear and a lot more response on attack and, and decay. It's a lot cleaner with that, but I don't know. Now we're now I'm nerding out. Most people have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Um, where was I? Nerding out. So, when you were younger, when did you start playing music? 
Um, I, I, I learned piano when I was six and then I asked to learn the guitar and uh, I wanted to learn, like I wanted to play electric guitar. Like I already, I think I heard Jimi Hendrix and Steve Vai and I, and they told me, no, nope, you're going to learn a classical guitar before <laughs> like Russian parents, like everything has its time. So Russian I had to learn guitar, <laughs> uh, which I ended up love and I, I did like uh, I really loved playing classical guitar but then I started to play the electric guitar but my my teacher didn't allow me like he was again this Russian teacher and he would not allow me to he, like, he would not teach me so like the electric guitar so I would just you know learn it at home and take out solos and stuff and I uh, I think it I think it taught me a lot to do this by myself and uh, um, so I started to play the electric guitar and I, and I, and I wrote songs all the time. So when I was in high school, I was, uh, I had uh, like a band and we were somehow the only band in high school. I don't know how, maybe just a small high school, but we were like the only band and people still remember it. And, um, and we did some covers and some of my songs, which were very, very depressing, but it was like all funk and rock and roll. So it was, you know. So people somehow like dance to a very depressing lyrics. <laughs> um, and I just didn't stop since then. I mean, I, I since I came to Tel Aviv, so I, uh, I always, always kept, uh, I love working with people. I really, really love working with people. And um, I always found a partner to work on like on different projects. Um, and yeah, there was a time when I felt like I might, um, maybe I'm working with people because I don't know how to work alone or, you know, stuff that you think that you, you want to break your own boundaries. Um, and now I just, I, I just realize now that, uh, I just really love working with people. Mm -hmm. Um, I can choose working alone. Um, and again, the process is so like, there are so many stages in the process. You can choose when to mm-hmm. when to combine other people and how. Um, and also, I think that with time, I'm more and more. I realized, like when I was younger, I felt. I think I was more afraid that if someone will come in, they will take me to another place which I didn't want to, because maybe I was not sure you know, what do I want? Um, but again, I think that the, the experience just taught me that, um, just to trust, to trust myself. Um, and then when you work with someone, you're not afraid to be, to let him in and, and still keep your, keep your vision and your ideas. Mm -hmm. Do do you find yourself collaborating with musicians that play music like you or do you find yourself liking to work with outside of the box things music and styles that complement you but are different enough to help push the boundaries and limits of your creative process and what you kind of want out of your future music i feel like everyone are like every person that i work with is so different so different that it's just it's not even about genres or tastes. It's just the way people work and think. 
I find it like so, so different. So each, each one is like a, just it, it brings something different out of me, like totally different. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and it doesn't it doesn't have to be like um, someone from a totally different genre that is not my like. It could be people who have the same tastes, but they again they think so differently, and the working the the creative process is so different. So it brings out totally different things. Mm-hmm. Do you, um, yeah, that I mean that makes perfect sense. Do you, do you produce your own music or do you just write, make the songs, have the instruments, and then you have other people kind of, well, maybe not produce, but engineer and mix? Or do you do that or do you let other people do it that you know and trust? Um, so in my first solo album, um, I did it, I co-produced it with uh, with someone, the, and and he mixed it. Um, so yeah, the pros, the the production was like together, and we ex- we did a lot of a lot of experimenting. It was a very experimental album, um, and he kind of um, he opened like it was a conversation. It was very a, a conversation. It was not like a hi, I want you to produce me. Uh, this is what I have. It was a conversation. Um, and again, in my different projects with uh, not like this, the, the stuff that I did, that it's not solo projects. So it was a very, it was a collaboration. It was always collaborations. And now when I did my um, my like my latest album, which is in Hebrew, so you cannot understand the lyrics, but how do you how do you know? <laughs> I, um, I know no Hebrew. That's just my name, right, Benjamin? That's Hebrew, right? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think it is. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. So, um, so this one, I I wasn't sure what I want to do. Like uh, at the beginning, I had all my songs and sketches. And I did think, like, I was, I couldn't think about anyone, like one person who I, who I wanted to produce this, but I did, I felt like I need and want someone to be, to be with me on this. Um, But somehow, like, couldn't find someone who would be like the person. Um, And then, and then I just, I, I took a decision that I'm going to do it by myself um but i'm going to involve like uh i'm going to involve different people on different tracks and kind of uh not really like to produce it but to be uh maybe like a artistic uh di- artistic how do you say um uh, uh there is a word for it which i don't know to uh artistic like like to give an advice to oh like like advisor <laughs> like artistic advisor, advisor yeah. maybe yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was not an official role so uh, yeah but uh, but I felt like I have like again this uh, Asaf Amdulski the, the guy that I'm uh, working uh, in his studio so he's a uh, He's a very, very experienced musician, which I, 
I admire him. And um, and he 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 told me like, don't worry, you have enough people, like you have your experience, but you have you're surrounded by people who can even give it a listen, like if you want and tell you something and it will be enough. So, so I kind of trusted myself. And, uh, and I also think wanted to, I did wanted to know what's going to happen if I'm going to work in it, on it alone, you know, after working so much with people all the time. Um, and I'm very glad I did it. It was like, I really enjoyed the process. I really, really enjoyed the process. And, um, and eventually, I, eventually I had uh, even someone who was like kind of the executive producer of it all. Like when I came to kind of the, almost the end stage, I just lost it. I don't know what to do. I need help. And then this um, a colleague um, came in and just did like everything, like in, put everything in place and made everything simple. Because it's just all, sometimes it's what you need. It's not that complicated, but you're all freaked out. And uh, you feel like it's all a mess. And and someone needs to just tell you like, it's okay, one, two, three. Here is an Excel. And <laughs> something that you wouldn't do. Mm-hmm. All it takes is one Excel to, to settle your mind. Um, so it was a very interesting experience to do this album Um almost like alone but it was not alone again because it was uh i brought a lot of musicians and i was just the head of it and um and the experience also to be to you know to play with the roles like i kind of now i'm the producer hat now i have the singer hat and hat and uh, it was a bit, at the beginning it was like kind of how how do i jungle it but then you just you realize that you it's actually pretty nice and helpful mm-hmm. yeah so you enjoy having a skill set across the spectrum of producer engineer musician even singer songwriter being able to kind of do all of them and hop between them you find that to be very useful for you um so it no, seems. yeah yeah now yeah no. it, it takes a long time to hone in on all that stuff and like you said it could be overwhelming and sometimes you feel like a Maybe in imposter syndrome, like, am I really good enough to do this? Am I the right person to do all these things? Um, Especially when you're wearing so many hats, because you might even feel like, am I putting enough time into each one to consider myself that role? You know, but again, after you've been doing this for what about 15 years, if not, I mean, playing music your whole life. Yeah. Which, um, do you still play classical music or piano like that? No. No, just sometimes just. Sometimes, but no. Yeah. And do you, you say you, you speak Hebrew then, because you said you sing in Hebrew? Yeah. In English, do you speak Russian? Uh, yeah, I do speak in Russian. I'm, I can't write a song in Russian. No? Uh, no, like I, I can try, but it's going to be a lot of uh, more mistakes than words. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Interesting. Do you, do you find that speaking three very, very, very different languages helps with writing in English or Hebrew? Um, I don't know if it... I mean, it It just made me realize that it doesn't... Um, it just made me realize that the difficulty... The, the difficulties are the same, like, at the end. But 
But it is interesting to see that uh, for me, I realize how different I sound when I sing in Hebrew or in English, like totally different. Mm-hmm. It brings something completely different for me. And Russian also, when I sing Russian, I I sound like a little girl or like my mother. <laughs> so it's it brings so many different emotions, like a characters from you. Which is I, I still haven't used. I feel like uh, mm-hmm. I would really want to do to use it in a certain way somehow. Like uh, one day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you find? Um, well, let me, let me rephrase this. And this is a very, it's a very heavy question, very serious question. Have you? Well, first of all, are you do you know any other female engineers or producers in your circle or in your world? And like, what, yeah. what what are the ratios? Is there a lot of them? I don't know what it's like over there. You know, um, it's an issue here. Um, I mean, it is an issue. First of all, when I was working in when I was just you know uh, my first year in a recording studio, which is uh, what ten years ago. Um, it was very rare. I was, I got like very strange remarks from every person. Um, so in this, in this 10 years, I feel like it's, it really changed. Um, two or three years ago, my friend, uh, musician friend, Flora, um, was also a producer and everything. So she, she, uh, she called me and she's like, listen, I'm going to open up a Facebook group women and sound Israel uh, because I feel like well first of all I feel like I can't write a question a technical question in any of the groups that are available like, because I feel you know insecure or because like yeah this is and, and then I thought to myself hmm, I never thought about it but but then as we started to talk to other females, they all said the same. Yeah, um, I'm insecure to write a question, a technical question in a, you know, pro sound community mm-hmm. because of the remarks that I'm going to, like other comments, maybe the guy is going to laugh at me, like all kinds of things that I didn't know if they're real or not. But the fact that all the female that we spoke to felt the same, it was uh, it was really like alarming. So she opened up this group and suddenly there was like more, a few hundred women in there. And you know, who are these hundred? Where are they? I didn't know all these names. And I realized that I have female engineers and producers like across the street right here in, in big studios. It's not like sitting in their homes in big studios. So we realized that there is a problem of, I don't know, of the spotlight or like they're not seen. They're not in in the lists. Mm -hmm. They're not being called when a producer is needed. Um, And I find it this even like I find it difficult for myself when I'm looking sometimes for. uh, uh, I was looking for producer for for a show that I did. You have one female over 20 names, 20 male names. So you wouldn't 
choose her just because she's female. You're looking for a good, someone's good. So it is difficult. Like, um, and I just had a conversation today with a, a college that I'm going to teach there, um, which they decided they're going to, to bring female teachers. And like, how many do you have now? None. No, sorry. They have one who is like a DJ uh, course teacher. It's a whole uh, production um, department and just one female teacher. And I couldn't believe this. And I know personally so many. So, and there is like, you understand that people already understand this. They want to make this change, but it's just taking so long. It's just taking so long. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean... You're absolutely right. And and the female engineers for either live sound or studio work that I know, you know, have similar stories and some some really hard stories. Like you said before, like the comments, so people would always say stuff to you. I'm sure some of it was not not good. Um, very difficult, yeah. And which just blows my mind. I mean, I've I can't understand it. I, my mind doesn't go there. Maybe it's because I've always been around like women who work and are a part of life just like everyone should be and I don't think much of it um I think it's healthy to switch off that ego where you think like I'm a man I need to know more or have the answer and just see people's people and if someone is qualified they're qualified it should not matter anything anything else should not matter so yeah I'm sure it's been hard and I mean I don't know what the male female dynamic is like in Israel in general in your society in everyday life the cultural differences um in america it's a lot better but there's still some old school thinking you know depending on where you are it's a very big country if you're in a major city most people are like forward thinking and on the cutting edge of yeah. like equal rights equality but if you go to rural areas and go out into the country it's very very different so where you live for men and women not just in audio but in general is it what's the dynamic like if it is it still very traditional is it more liberal? Is it more forward thinking of equality with men and women? Just asking out of curiosity. Well, when we're talking about, like, if we're talking about the music circle, it's a whole different place, a whole different story. Mm -hmm. Or even if we're talking about Tel Aviv, like, it's a whole different story because mm -hmm. Israel is still, you have a big population of um, traditional people, like, yeah, traditional. Um, and, um, I think uh, compared to Europe, for sure, it's like very uh, conservative yeah. um, in many, many ways. But again, we're artists and we're a <laughs> small circle and, um, and in Tel Aviv even more. Again, there are so, there's music all around the country, right? It's just that the Tel Aviv is the center. And again, like, you know, like, like every other center, it's more liberal it's more more happening it's more open yeah. you see more cases of everything um i i don't think the dynamic is different from what you know or you know it's just 2022 um like people are aware but it's it's just the question like if you came into a studio and it's the first time you saw a producer uh, female it's not your fault. It's just the first time that you see it. So 
it's weird. I mm-hmm. understand it. It's okay. The question is how you deal with it. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, do you say something? <laughs> do you just like let the person show what he got? I always, I never, I was never afraid about of it. I was never offended. I just, I understood this, that people just, they don't know. They never seen. It's weird for them. Okay. But I'm a professional and I want to, I want to be a professional. So I will just do my work and they can say whatever they want. Yeah. And, uh, and I feel like, yeah, I feel like uh, I worked with, I also worked with, uh, with people that are religious and uh, people that are much older, which is, this is, I think the more, the most uh, problematic because the younger generation, okay. But the older, they, they still have their um, conservative ways of thinking. And that's where you, that's where I feel like um, I put my ego aside. I'm not going to be offended about, like, I make, I try to make fun of it and try to make them understand that they are the ones who are not, um, like, you are old news. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Trying to make my good work, just make, you know, do a good job and they will understand that they're working with a professional. She's a woman. Okay. Yeah. Um, I, I always say that the, um, like you, you said at the beginning of our conversation, that role modeling is like, the be- I think is the best way to just do, to just be there, to be out there, to do, to um I wouldn't say like cry about it. I'm not. I'm not saying that like people who talk about women in Saudi cry. No, but just be there and do it, and and it will show itself. You know, yeah. and, uh, and 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 I think that it is very important to, in any way, to support the spotlight on women that are in this industry because they're there. They're just not seen from reason that i still don't really understand yeah no i i absolutely agree stella and i also don't understand it but i know it when i see it and that's why i do my best to do my part you know i i have a profession i have a career i have jobs and i have a place where i could shed light on others that do similar things that maybe don't get as much notoriety because they might be women and that's why, you know, a, a reason why I wanted to reach out to you and have you speak was part of that, not just solely that, but to show like this is a professional, different part of the world, different culture, but does good work, does her job, is recognized by it. You know, you said you're going to teach, which is amazing. Good for you. Uh, what, what school? What's it called? Rimon. S- say that Rimon. again. Rimon. Rimon. <laughs> and... Um, <laughs> Which is great, and we need more of that. We need more uh, female educators in technical skills, technical uh, backgrounds, creative endeavors, because that also shows the next generation. If you're in that class and there's one or two or three or four women, they get to see that, and then the men get to see it, and they get that's another thing too. It's not just inspiring women. It, you have to also inspire men to think better about their decisions, their habits, to understand, and sometimes undo what they learned you know it's not not every man is toxic and out there to be malicious sometimes they're just young enough naive enough and they 
they had a, a wrong influence. They they learned something the wrong way. And you might have to just explain it to them and have them relearn how you should say something or think about something. Um, yeah. And, you know, I've had to do that too. Like, I'm 32. This This epiphany doesn't just happen overnight. It takes a long time of seeing better male and female role models in your life, setting the example of how you should treat each other instead of uh, just assuming that everyone that's, you know, a man is a pig. It's like, I've met some of them. Yes, some are. <laughs> and some need a lot of work to be done, but some aren't. And they're just misunderstood. And they, they don't really understand their words and their actions and how they affect somebody. Um, yeah. But yeah, it's, it's very important to have more uh, women in these roles because they're there. Like, there's plenty of them. It's just like you said, their name's not on the list. Their their photo's not being promoted on that social media. Whatever it is, they're just not getting as much of the yeah. equal share, you know? Um, but I think that's definitely been changing, and I think the generation of us and, bef- and the people coming underneath us are going to have a much better go at it, a much better life with it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what are, what are some of the things that you're working on now? Any Anything you want to share or talk about? Um, I'm working, um, I'm working on two projects. I'm doing one uh, EP with a musician, Israel musician called Adam Sheflan, which, um, it's in English after, uh, after one album, after, after one uh, Hebrew album, I'm happy. I'm really happy to like, to deal again with, um, with English writing. And uh, actually, there are a lot of inspirations from country music. <laughs> like he's, really, yeah, he's really into country and Americana. And I, I find myself uh, in the past few months listening to a lot of country music. Um, <laughs> what kind? Do you like what years? What eras? What what musicians? Um, a little bit like. Um, Actually, mostly like more new stuff, more um, um, maybe it's like not hardcore, but uh, Emily, Emily Harris and uh, and um, (laughs) draw a blank. Well, yeah. Just a blank. Um, It's okay. I know very little country artists. No, she's like really, really famous. I just don't know. And I listen to her all day. I don't know how I forget her <laughs> name. But it's uh, funny. Um, David, the one who's playing with David Rowling, like the one who's David Rowling's played with her. Um, <laughs> it's right here. Let's, let's It's right here on the play. Gillian, Gillian Welsh. Right? Oh, okay. I've heard of her. <laughs> yeah. And um, and I also listen to a little bit of like the old like Hank Williams and um, stuff like this. Um, so this EP is uh, all written during the quarantines of Corona. We just uh, we were working to the, together on um, productions of someone uh, in the UK, and then when we finished with it, we were like, okay, let's let's make an album <laughs> we're here there's nothing else going on mm-hmm. and uh, and i had some music written and uh, so this is happening and it's really really exciting um and it's going to be like a very live album um 
which really excites me too because I haven't done this a lot. Um, I'm, and and I'm working on another new Hebrew album with a with a band, which is also a new thing for me. Like working on the whole writing process mm-hmm. with a band. Is it your and, band? Like, are they playing with you, or are you playing with them? Yes, yes, my band. They came to me, <laughs> and uh, what do you they, call uh, it? Is it still just like Stella got, but just underneath yeah, your name? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. is this five? How many records do you have to your name? Uh, one English, one Hebrew, and then you're working and then another a one. Few, and now another, uh, another, yeah. So th- it'll be three. Three and another. This EP that I don't know if it's going to be on my name or mm. both. Let's okay. See. And then, and then, hopefully, one in Russian one day. Oh, I don't know about a whole record, but maybe just combine it somehow <laughs> with a song. <laughs> That's still really unique, impressive. It's not often you meet someone that could speak those three languages, very different languages. You know, yeah. Um, and what about production-wise? Are any bands or anything cool that you're working on now that you'd like to? promoter talk about or stuff in the works um i just finished this year um few things that they're not released yet so uh nothing to hear yet but uh but very soon very soon <laughs> cool and um you so do you mostly play music in the evening and then you just you are an engineer during the day, like Monday through Friday? Is that kind of how you balance it? Much mixed. <laughs> Very mixed. Very mixed. <laughs> All over um, the place. But no, yeah, I do I do love uh, I do play much more in the evenings, yes. I all my old uh more uh, yeah, if I will mix, I will do it on the morning like in the morning. Um all the technical stuff are in the morning. <laughs> well, yeah, when the brain can think and be clear. Yeah. I have a hard time. When I was younger, I'm sure you did the same thing. I would work, mix, like, at any time of the day. And now it's like, no. It has to be between, like, 10 a.m. and, like, 6 p.m. Otherwise, I can't do it. I don't know why. Yeah, I feel like I, I, with mixing, I feel like it's, uh, like, if it's the first, you know, the first session of, especially i feel like it's um i have to come fresh to it like uh yeah like not even like a show because when you come to a show it's evening and you already already after a sound check and you're tired and you had a drink but with mixing <laughs> like it's a whole different performance but it is like i have to come to it like focus with a with my mornings you know coffee with my morning yeah. <laughs> yeah i feel like coffee is necessary for these types of careers you have to <laughs> i actually uh, just uh, uh had a rehab from coffee i don't drink coffee anymore why is that <laughs> yeah it was, it was that bad huh it was bad <laughs> i used to yeah like you said you know coffee all day but um but it was also with cigarettes and I stopped smoking. I'm uh, all healthy now. You know? Oh, you're healthy now? Uh. Why do you need coffee if you don't have a cigarette? <laughs> so, uh, like the yeah. movie, like the movie Coffee and Cigarettes. Yeah. So you were a big <laughs> fan of doing that before work, coffee and cigarettes? Yeah. Yeah. And it, uh, it was when studios were still smoking places. Oh, you do Maybe it in, in the America. Studio. 
Yeah, yeah. I think it was like a decade after America that we still smoked in studios. Yeah, of course. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> I remember it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we stopped in 2008. Most of, or at least Illinois did, the state I live in. But most states stopped back then, which I'm so glad. No, no good, no good. That's funny. I mean, I've never smoked cigarettes at all, but um, coffee. And coffee only the last couple of years. Like right after this call, I'm going to go upstairs and make some coffee. Wow. <laughs> so I will tell you a secret. Um, it's it's my, like it replaced coffee for me and it's doing the job. You know, cacao. Mm-hmm. Like when, yeah. So just without the, I don't know, do you make, do you drink it with milk? Like kids drink it with milk? <laughs> no. So without milk, just cacao, yeah. just like this, yeah. plain cacao. It's like, uh, yeah, yeah. They're they're cousins. They're cousins. Coffee and cacao. These beans and the cherry seed from coffee, and then the the coffee, the actual cacao. These plants they grow in South America, very close to each other, and some in Africa too. And they're yeah. very similar as far as the nootropics of stimulation in your head and the amount of um, adrenaline and dopamine you can get from it. So what I like to do is take a hundred percent cacao bars, like actual pure chocolate bars. 100%, no sugar add. Put it in your tongue, take your hot coffee, and let it swirl on oh, and melt wow. it. <laughs> it's, uh, it is the, like taking like a pure chunk of cacao from like Colombia or Venezuela or Ecuador, you put it in your tongue, you take the matching coffee bean from that same region. Wow. <laughs> yes. And then, and it's like your mind is blown. You're, you are, it's like doing cocaine or something. I don't know. I've never done cocaine, oh. but it's like that. <laughs> it's the smart way of doing it. Yeah. yeah, we'll mark that. <laughs> well, now you don't drink coffee, so. Yeah, just sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, um, I think I think that's a good amount of things we covered. I, I, I received a good amount of information from you. So thank you, Stella, for doing this and for telling me about your life and what you do. I hope it inspires others. Um, it's inspired me to be a more aware person, not only in the audio world, but in general on this planet. So thank you for that. And I um, want to share with listeners where they can find your music and your studio and your production, where they can find everything you do. Um, Instagram and uh, have a website, Stella Gottstein, um, dot com. Um, yeah, Facebook, Instagram and YouTube. And all the digital music is uh, everywhere, like in the digital platforms where you can listen on Bluetooth. No. (laughs) Please, from with two engineers here, you have to trust us. Don't do it. Don't do it. It's, it's, I'll, I'll end with this. It's a great technology when you need it, when, when it's necessary. Say you went to the beach and you have a Bluetooth speaker and you're hanging out with your friends, put the, it's functional. It's functional. But when you have, the convenience of your home next to all this technology and power. Just love music and love the quality of it, please. <laughs> We're spending so much time to do yes, it. Yes, the, the musician spends so, so much time. <laughs> the engineer spends so much time to give you these lossless wave files that are just a wonder, a beautiful wonder of technology mixing with art. And then it gets demolished and the information that you miss, I think it's a lot of it important information. Don't believe that it's not important. It is important information. It is. <laughs> every bit and every byte and every zero and one is necessary. 
Okay. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was really, really fun Thank talking you. to you. Yes. Interesting. Thank you. Likewise, very interesting to hear your story and to talk with you. It's been very helpful. So thank you, Stella. And um, I appreciate you being here and, and hopefully we we'll talk soon.